Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Fresh out of Houston, Flatbush, Brooklyn, Kevin Iso's friendship with fellow young comedian Dan Perlman led to them making YouTube video slice of life sketches with their funny friends. This led them from moderately funny videos to Showtime cable television. In between, Iso's stand up landed him a showcase spot on Adam Devine's house party on Comedy Central, as well as spots on This Week at the Comedy Cellar, a recurring role on Hulu's TV adaptation of High Fidelity, and a writing gig on That Damn Michael Che for HBO Max. 2021 will see if ISO can really break out, as he's both the co-creator and co-star of his own series, Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime. ISO sat down with me to talk about managing his expectations on his way up the show business ladder, so let's get to it! So, Kevin ISO, uh, last things first, congrats on Flatbush Misdemeanors. I watched the first three episodes, it's great. It's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Um... So one of the, I guess the first question I have is your character on the show, his, his real passion is painting. Is that also your, your secret side passion? Yeah, I'm really good at making um, like stick figures and, um, and uh, chickens. I can finger paint like a, like a third grader. So. <laughs> I guess so. Well, no, then, really. yeah. So, so what? What would be your your other talent other than stand up comedy slash writing slash performing? Was there was there something um, that you had in mind before comedy entered the picture? Well, I was going. I was going to school. I was majoring in pre med um, because I wanted to make my parents happy, and so I was doing that because I started doing stand-up when I was 18. So I was doing that and um, getting on stage. So, but there was no, I, I went, there was no like cute girls inside of the biology classes. So it was not any real incentive to kind of like do anything past like the, the first year. But um, yeah, you know, <laughs> Nobody, nobody, nobody hooks up with you for having a 4.0 in uh, organic chemistry. But that's, that's not what our parents tell us when they, when they say we should become a doctor or a lawyer. They say that, no, if you, if you, just becoming a doctor makes you more attractive. That's what the parents sell us on. I mean, uh, well, I, I saw the why coming at, like, before I reached the end of the tunnel. So, um, uh, I remember a comic actually told me he was like he was like I was at I was reading at a, I was reading I was doing summer school because I was trying to get get it advanced quickly through the shit and not you know have to spend eighteen years in college but um I was at a mic and I was like reading whatever biology book and then he was like he was like you reading at the club I was like yeah man I got I got I got I got a test on a Monday or what. He was like, what you trying to do? I was like, you know, I'm studying to be a doctor. He was like, nigga, you want to be a comedian or you want to be a doctor? And he, he like put it so simple. I never thought about it 
like that. And I was just like, well, dude, I would rather be a comedian. And I remember that next year, I just I stopped taking biology classes. And this was before I think I knew um So this was like kind of pre Ken Jones. So it was just like, that wasn't a reality to me yet. <laughs> right, because he only made waves as a comedian once he was put in that movie Knocked Up. Or Hangover, right? Was it Hangover? Well, Hangover was where he became a star, but Knocked Up um, the doctor in Knocked Up. Right, 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 right. But before that, yeah, he was an actual doctor and an open micer right. in L.A. Right. <laughs> so he really, was, like, he really was doing both things, being a doctor and being a comedian. But that's what's crazy about, like, open mics is, like, you kind of get these guys from all walks of life. You know, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's great because, you know, you, I start, I started so young that I had no experience and nothing to talk about, but, you know, I would see dudes and it was like, yeah, I used to be a lawyer and I used to, some guys, I like, used to sell Coke in Miami and all this crazy shit. I'm like, oh, I just, I just, uh, I just got it out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, you started, you were in the, the Houston comedy scene first, right? Um, what, how, how old were you when you decided, or how old into comedy were you when you decided to move to New York? Um, I, I came up here for the first time when I was 20 and I wanted to, um, I met Hannibal and I, I, uh, at the time, like 2000 and 2010, when I was just starting, I was, I liked comedy, but I liked comedy in the mainstream. You know, I, I knew Rock, I knew Dave, I knew, you know, the, the Mike Epps. But when I saw Hannibal, I was like, holy shit, this is like new blood. You know what I mean? And so I, I went and saw him live. There's another guy I knew, Mikey Winfield. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, out of, out of, out of um, California. Yeah, San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah, San Francisco. Right, right, right. And um, it it was it was it was it was starting to become very interesting just to see like like you know when you go from the 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 casual to the now and you're like like oh these guys are doing great too you know and this is I'm talking like of course there's like amazing dudes inside of Houston um Ali Sadiq and and and, and um you know Bryson Brown and a lot of these guys but this was something that I was like, you know, how do you get out of Houston, right? So um, I see Hannibal when I was like 20. I remember I was like, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, I, I wanted to open for him so badly, but I went on the show. He was doing two man shows. And um, I, 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 I sat, I sat people at the door so I could get on the show. And I never worked like that for the club. Cause I didn't, I'm, I'm like, man, if they're going to put me on, they're going to put me on because I'm funny, not because I'm doing all this extra shit. But with that one, I was like, man, fuck it. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was helping, <laughs> I was helping see <laughs> people and all this shit. And um, on the last show, he was like, you know, you could go up for five. And that was cool. And then I thought, I thought in my head, I was like, all right, now we about to go on tour. Like, <laughs> like now it's on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I you know put me on your show. I did great. You know his birthday was that weekend. I bought him like a hat, and I was like, "Look, man, we 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 
we brothers now, you know. And um, so I came up to New York and I went to the knitted factory. And this was this is like maybe the following year because I was like, now we got this relationship. Now I couldn't show up, but he not knowing it's a million other motherfuckers doing the same exact <laughs> thing. Like in every right. city, he meets the guy like me. It's like, oh, what? so. I go up there. I'm even too young. I'm too young to even get in. But um, I remember they didn't let me in that first time. And then, and then I came back the following year. But in my, but I kept the decision to answer your question to 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 come up here. It it, it just made sense to me because I I kept I kept I kept reading about like all these people that kind of came to New York to launch their careers, and. Um, I think Hannibal was the only one that was like tangible, but even before that, I was reading about like Miles Davis did it, uh, Dr. Seuss did it, you know, all these guys is New York, New York, New York, and I'm like, well, I, you know, to make it happen, then it's got to be, it's got to be the place. Did you have the conversation with your parents before or after you moved to New York that comedy was going to be the thing and not medicine? That conversation. I don't think we ever actually actually had a conversation. I think it was it was it was more of an exchange of like um I graduate college now I do what I want. So I I, I got y'all the degree. I was the first one. I'm not the oldest, but I'm the, I'm I'm the second oldest and I was but I was the first one to get a degree amongst my siblings. So I did that and it's like all right, now I'm about to go figure this thing out. And they were just like extremely worried. My mom was, and my dad was too, but my mom was super. And um, yeah, it was, it was just like, I hope it works out kind of thing. And, you know, I was just like, I hope I don't have to go home because I'm not about to come back and wash dishes and take <laughs> out the trash for y'all. <laughs> uh, well, you know, fortunately, spoiler alert, it is working out for you now. Um, there, there was. I saw you in another interview years ago talking about uh, seeing uh, the rapper Riff Raff as a high school basketball referee, and <laughs> you know, after I stopped laughing for for a while about that, it it made me realize that I guess at the time that you saw him refing basketball, he was actually on the cusp of becoming famous himself, right? But he was still yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the reason is I didn't know who he was, but my 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 homie Billy, he knew. And he was like, yo, that's Riff Raff. And I was like, who the fuck is Riff Raff? Like, that's Riff Raff. I was just like, it's just some guy with a lot of tattoos that's refing. It was just super strange because you know, referees usually have a certain look. <laughs> right. Um they look more like <laughs> me. They look more like me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so he, I think, I think, yeah, I, I didn't recognize, but it's like, it was very like, after I, afterwards, I went and looked him up and I was like, holy shit, that was, then no wonder he was a bad ref. He was awful. <laughs> he was awful. But <laughs> he'd like, the, shoot. Yeah, the thing, the thing that sticks with me though is that like, you know, he's, he's a rapper, but like for comedians, that's also kind of like this weird phase that you're in right before you're famous where you're doing well in your industry, but you're not making enough money. So you still have to hustle and do these other things. 
So like, what are, what are the other things that, that you've been doing before the Showtime checks started to cash? Okay. So the first thing I was doing in New York, I was trying to, I was trying to freelance edit videos. Not enough money in that going on Craigslist, doing all that goofy stuff. Um, and then I started bar backing and that was pretty steady for me, but it was, it was conflicting with comedy. Right. Um, yeah. Nighttime. Yeah. Cause, yeah. So, but it was, it was, it was decent enough money where I could, I could pay my rent. And um, then after that, what happened really that changed that's everything for me is my mom um, got us connected with this, this, um, this job where we would basically be consultants in hospitals and um, you're, you're contracted to work, you know, you're working that first time I was working 12 hour days every single day. Um, but you make good enough money where it's like, okay, I worked a month and then I don't have to work for four or five months now and I can just do comedy. And that was a huge huge difference for me because it was like it gave me so much freedom and um you know it was almost full circle too I was like damn I got I, I, I'm now I'm working in hospitals and I was like I went to school for this shit now I'm like fucking and I ain't <laughs> planning on doing it you know and um and then also I was I was walking dogs too because I, I wouldn't like I'm not I wouldn't like the the I don't like the um the structured job show up on time thing so I, I started walking dogs for a little bit to also make money and that was that was cool no yeah walking dogs is a is a uh good kind of classic side mm-hmm. hustle for for new yorkers yeah um, i mean it was some some dogs i would still walk to this day like some, some people got some lovely dogs <laughs> How did so you know you you come to New York thinking you're going to be best friends with Hannibal Burris? Uh, how did you end up being best friends with Dan Perlman instead? Hey, look. Before that gets printed, <laughs> I, I it, Hannibal made it very clear we weren't about to be homies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, um. With Dan, when I when I when I met Dan, it was um it was it was it was the year. So 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 when I was in Houston, I was always making videos. Like I needed, I knew I needed to do something else to to get on because everything everything is always in flux. So this style of comedy that was popping in two thousand and ten. Uh, that 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 made Hannibal very famous and 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 you know all these guys that that kind of took off Mulaney and so on and so forth. I'm like, and I and I and, you know I'm studying it. I'm like, you know, if everybody in the open mic starts sounding like these people, like like when Kevin Hart was big, I remember when he was really big, like 2008. I remember every comic spoke like him. Right. All right, so the thing is. All right, we went to the grocery store, and then I looked her in the eye, and then she said to me, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "What are you doing here?" And it's like, "Why is everybody cadence the same?" And I saw that the cadence started to flow the same as well with you know, with mimicking Hannibal stuff, and um, 
just like I always felt like from the beginning, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm personable enough that people are going to just like, oh, we love the way he talks. Or it's not like I'm a Tracy Morgan and I have just a funny voice or anything. It's just, so I was like, I got to make videos to, to, to uh, and get some, uh, not even video, just some other thing. Like, I, like, I don't think my standup is enough to get on. So I'm making videos in Houston with a lot of guys, you know, just, just stupid sketches, just trying to, just trying to hone that, that, that craft, same way you hone on stage. And then when I get to New York, I'm like, all right, it's easier to do this up here. Um, because of the transit in Houston, everybody's spread out. You got to drive in New York. Everybody's just like, take the train. You're there. And so when I, I met Dan at an open mic and, um, 2013 and shared similar interests, you know, and, and similar like styles of like when I was watch, watching them on stage and everything. And so, you know, we began making these videos before we started making the Flatbush thing. But the thing about the videos we were making was all the videos were, we were just playing the same person. So it wasn't even like a sketch. It was like, we was just the same dude every video. You know what I mean? It's just like different storyline. And it's just like, yo, know, we, we, we just need to make something long form. And then we were kind of Low key, we were just going back to the same ensemble of people that we were using with Kareem, Drew, right? Um, and, and so it was like, oh, let's just let's just long form this thing, make it a thing, and then that that became what the show is. So that's because I know you. There are still, I can still find some videos up now from Moderately Funny. Yeah, and that was the first. Yeah, yeah. That was the first version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's 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 funny after just watching Flatbush Misdemeanors to go and watch see moderately funny and see Kareem and Drew and go, <laughs> oh wow, you guys have been doing this for seven eight years now. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, it's, it's, it's cool to, to to be able to um, reward those guys in a way for for all the work that they put in because we weren't paying them. You know, it was just show up. We got an idea. What was it like trying to balance your individual pursuits with developing Flatbush misdemeanors? Were they were they similar tracks where you were focused on both equally or were you focused more on stand up and like if Flatbush turns into something, it turns into something? Oh, um, you're talking about during those seven years? Yeah. Like, because ooh. because like you got you know, you and Dan both got new faces, but in different years, mm-hmm. you got, um, you know, you did Adam Devine's house party and mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah. It, 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 um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that difficult to be honest because we would only, you know, we would set aside time to write and, um, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't too, too time consuming. Um, and then when we would, when we would get into, you know, the production of it all and, or the pre-production and then the production, that was just, it would just be one day, like, because of everybody's schedule, it'd be like, okay, we got January 3rd, we can film this stuff. And then January 24th, we can finish the episode. So we two days of filming and then everything in between was just stand up, you know? So it wasn't too difficult at all. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know how many days that we filmed that first episode in, but I want to say it was like maybe six days in three months, you know? Okay. But like at the same time, like you as an individual, like I, I find it um, fascinating that like your credits, like for Comedy Central, you went all the way to Hawaii to get to shoot that. And yeah. then like you did that festival that I've only heard of in uh, Switzerland, Montreux. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you're yeah, like Montreux. going all over the you're going all over the world doing these festivals and doing like TV credits. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was the Montreux festival like? That one was cool. I mean, it's it's hard to remember exactly, like because it, it I was literally there for like two days. So okay. it kind of felt like a it felt like a dream. I remember looking out at the mountains and thinking that shit. It looks like a, a, a like a desktop background. Right. Like it's like that shit don't even look real. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Like it's so it's so it was so beautiful. And um, you know that that festival. I think that may have been the first year or second year they were doing the English portion. And Ari Shafir was um was like the the name and and. That was cool, kind of hanging out with him for the first time. Um, but uh, the 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 show itself was like it was like in a it was like in a small hotel kind of you know side room. Okay, and 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 it was it was it was packed. It was fun. You know, it was the first you know English portion of comedy that they were doing. So it was it was like all these people from like NATO and shit and the UN and like they were just like, oh, I'm so glad some Americans are around. We speak English with you guys or whatever. And I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, cool. And then I go to the after the show, I go to the French side of things and they had this huge fucking theater. And I'm sitting in the I go all the way to the top and I just sit down. I don't understand a word that they're saying, but I'm watching the uh the guy perform. And it's quiet. It is so quiet. I'm like, this dude is bombing. Like, it's quiet for like five minutes. I'm like, he's fucking eating. He's just talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden, I hear a big laugh. And then he's like, good night. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what the fuck did he just say? But I think that's their style of comedy is you tell this long story for maybe eight minutes or whatever, and then you get the punchline at the end, Mm. and then you're done. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I wish I could have understood him. But... <laughs> uh, it's almost better that you didn't, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, were there were there other like web series that turned into TV shows that that you and Dan were looking toward as inspiration or as guidance? Mm. I guess really. my, my question is presuming that the whole time you were hoping that this would be a TV show. Were you, were you hoping that this would become a TV show from the, from the jump? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't think there was anything though, that was um, um, like a guiding light for us. It was, it was just like make something dope and people will respond to it. And, you know, when we, when we started showing them in the festival circuit, that's, that's, it was like, it was like, yo. And then, you know, when you have that live audience from doing stand, you can, you can see the errors 
And it and I, you know, I saw a couple of scenes where like, uh, you know, I was trying to improv there. I probably should have I was trying to squeeze a joke in here from my set that didn't really didn't really translate. And um and, but the but the point of it was always like, this is cool. Somebody's gonna wanna buy it. I was I was I was I was certain because when we made that first episode. I remember people saying like, you know, whoever these, these, you know, these, these producers that we, we would meet, you know, um, not, 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 not when we were pitching, but just like before, you know, anything really was going on and it had any buzz. Um, guys are saying like, you know, it's a short film, you know what I mean? Like, it is like, oh yeah, we just see it being one episode. Like it was cool, but it, I don't, I don't see anything happening from that and i was like word oh all right <laughs> like y'all don't even like in my head i'm like we i'm like I, I i i knew it was good you know what i mean i'm not i'm like a harsh critic i'm very harsh so when i see something like if i make bullshit i know it's bullshit i'm not gonna like you know I forgot your question. <laughs> well, but just in, in terms of the process of going from making a web series to to trying to pitch it and eventually sell it as a TV show, like that's yeah. how how long of a process was that? I know you were part of the New York Television Festival in 2017, where you right. were in a competition with a bunch of other pilots. Right. Was there any interest that came out of that, or when did, when did people start getting interested? Um, people were, people were, is it, I mean, by people, like, people liked it a lot. Like, when, when it was doing that festival thing, you know, it won the Grand Jury Award and the Florida Film Festival. And it was unfortunate because we couldn't be in a lot of those places. But the one place that I did see it was in Montreal for Kevin Hart's thing. And it, it, it like, it destroyed. Like, it was like, it was like, I, I don't know if ours was second or third. It wasn't first, but it was enough that you saw some other people's and it was like, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was cool. All right. Like, the audience's reaction was this, like, all right, yeah, yeah. And then our shit was, yo, this is funny as fuck. Like, I'm here, I'm like, damn, we killing. We kill, this is crazy. So people, liked it from the jump the industry side of things took time that took time what was what was the what do you think was the ultimate key in in getting it over the finish line with showtime um I don't know because you know we when we were pitching it and you know Showtime was the first person people that we pitched it to and we pitched it to them through Zoom before the pandemic, um, and I actually thought that I thought that you know your first time doing it was my first time doing a a, a pitch and I was like um, I was like yeah the, this is just a warm up. Like, I didn't even, I, like, Showtime, I was like, they're not, they're gone, whatever. You know, we got Hulu and HBO and three. So we warmed up with Showtime. Let's go on to the next, you know. 
And so when they when they came back around and said that they was interested, I was I was actually surprised because you know it was the it was the first pitch that we did. Um, but whatever sent them over, you got to ask them that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I suppose it also makes it that much sweeter to have the show premiering now but it still has a lot of the same cast members that you've been working with for years. You know, yeah. there's Kareem and Drew and Carrie's a part of it. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I said, I said it earlier. It's, it's really, it's really nice to be able to, um, I feel, I feel like it's, it's a reflection of character when you're able to do things like that, because, you know, a lot of guys get to, this position and they're like, okay, time to cast the rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> time to cast Scarlett Johansson and the rock to play. Like, and it's like, you know, so it, it's just, it's just, I feel like it's more of a reflection of, you know, of our character to kind of, you know, keep, keep all of this in the family. Yeah, I know we're talking about we're talking about this before the you know, America has in the world has been able to watch the first episode. But, you know, you've also been involved in some other recent projects including High Fidelity on Hulu and uh Michael Che's show on HBO Max. Has yeah. has any of those have either of those experiences helped like brace you for how to anticipate what's going to happen when when Flatbush premieres? Um yeah, the way Che responds to critics is uh <laughs> Yeah, it's something, all right. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> well, yeah, what have you learned so from way- that? Yeah, huh? What have you learned from Che in, in terms of dealing with, with I mean, just because somebody criticizes you doesn't mean that they're right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all that's all that is. It's a, it's the same thing as stand-up, man. It's the exact same thing. It's just that people take this shit differently because we're not face-to-face and we're not... Like, I've applied all of the same things that I learned from the stage to this entire process. And it's like, oh, it, work, it works the same way. You just don't have the immediate reaction. You know, if if you're on stage and somebody isn't laughing at your joke or they're heckling you and you respond accordingly. You know, some guys curse them out, some people, whatever, you know, I'm a little more laid back about it. And I don't really, I don't really get in the up or I'm like, yo, you saving time. I mean, you're ruining a show, but whatever, this is the night you want to have this is the night you want to have. I'm not about to try and change your mood. And that's kind of the way, like I'm, if, if, if people become critical about the show, you know, it's it's like you know it's it's, it's how you feel. What am I going to sit here and try to change you? Your opinion? That's your opinion. You know. Um, um. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's, you know. You remember that? You remember that? Um, like when Patrice said, "Uh, hmm. comedy is comedy is supposed to be." 50 50 or or whatever 73 i forget the percentage that he used but he was like you 
you never want everybody in the room laughing. You want some people laughing and then you want some people saying, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of, it's, it, it's, it's very true. You know, it's like, you want people laughing and you want people being like, oh, that's not, I can't, I can't because you got to laugh at something. <laughs> right. I think, I think Patrice's point also too, is that if you, if you're just trying to please everybody, then you're essentially a hack. Exactly. Exactly. So. On, exactly. On the flip side, though, you know, critics loved High Fidelity, but then Hulu just kind of dropped it. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that, but that's business. That's 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 what that side was. That's um, <laughs> that's uh, money and all that shit. Right. So you started out by talking about um, hoping Hannibal was going to bring you up. So what happens when you become a star now and, and new guys start hitting you up? How are you going to approach, approach them? What are you going to tell the new guys who are trying to ride your coattails? I'm going to tell them to go to the open mic. We <laughs> 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 better go find a way to get on stage, buddy. Because <laughs> this, this ship has sailed. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Kevin Iso says, hit the open mics. Thank you so much, man. And congrats again on Flatbush. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com more interviews reviews and comedy news become a paid subscriber at patreon.com i'm your host sean mccarthy thanks for listening last things first last things first